0: Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier Podcast. It's your boy, Mac. And our Cleveland Cavaliers have just beaten the absolute shit out of the Washington Wizards for the second time in as many games. Fun fact, the Caps are now 115 and 118 all-time against the Wiz and are now 7-3 over their last 10 against Washington. And after that absolute ass whooping the Cavs bestowed upon the Wizards on Wednesday, I figured hey, you know, they would come back after being embarrassed like that and give the Cavs a run for their money. Fortunately for us, that did not happen. <laughs> not in the slightest. And Cleveland once again doled out another swift victory. Yes, sir. The ass kickery returned, this time by the score of 114-90. It started off with a dominant defensive first half for the Cavs as they held the Wizards to 40 points with just 14 coming in the paint, something I was a little, you know, I, I, I've been keeping my eye on, right, playing with mostly just Jared Allen and Tristan Thompson as your two primary Um True fives. Right. Uh, Washington had an offensive rating of 80.4, which is in the first percentile in the first half, while attempting just 25 percent of their shots at the rim. Meanwhile, Cleveland scored 52 first half points and continued their three point barrage tonight, drilling seven in the first half on 39 percent. That's pretty great within itself. And overall on the night, a scorching 48% with 16 total triples. I will take that any day of the week, any game. I don't care what the opponent, who the opponent is. They also out rebounded them in the first half by way of 25 to 27 and overall 52 to 31. That is a 21 rebound margin and 12 to seven on the offensive glass. Absolutely loved it. They secured timely offensive boards whenever they need them tonight and won that battle. Uh, you know, in, in both the first half and the game as a whole, they had 10 assists. Man, speaking of the ball movement tonight, let's let's, let's head over to that direction. They had 10 assists apparently on their first 14 made shots tonight. Over the last nine games, only the Indiana Pacers are averaging more assists than Cleveland per game. Wonderful. And mind you, this is without the Cavs' best facilitator in Darius Garland. And they're getting production from up and down the board. Uh, the the leader tonight in that category was Karis LeVert, who finished with a 11-point, 11-assist double-double off the Cavalier bench in just 27 minutes. More on him in a little bit, but phenomenal the Cavs are doing this they're moving the ball like crazy granted it is Washington right it, there is the grain of salt that you have to that you have to really put down there uh but this is an NBA team right you, nobody's gonna lay down for you these are all guys that are capable of winning uh so you have to take each and every opponent seriously and the fact that the Cavs are able to absolutely dominate. Uh, you know, any opponent like this in back-to-back games, just phenomenal. The defense, it, it was absolutely phenomenal tonight. They were locked in. They held Washington. They Washington only had 59 points by the end of the third quarter. That is insane and 90 overall. And it was Cleveland's fifth time holding an opponent below 100 this season. I admire very much what this defense has been able to do without the, these services of one Evan Mobley who as we all know right is a defensive player of the year type of guy out there when you do not have him you're usually going to feel the difference but the caps have managed to play some pretty solid ass defense uh you know in his absence and they're getting guys contributing up and down the roster, whether it's Jared Allen stepping in and doing way, way more than he typically was when the Cavs were at full strength, whether it's a player like Dean Wade filling in for Evan Mobley, you know, obviously you're not going to get the same type of defensive return from him, but he has played, you know, he's been admirable. He's not perfect. And the one thing that I'll say about Dean, I love what JB has chosen to do with Dean's minutes. It's he's kind of getting the Kevin Love Miami treatment where He's starting, right? He's the nominal starter, but he's not technically playing starters minutes. Some of that tonight was due to the fact that they absolutely just beat the fuck out of Washington. But part of that is just Dean not being a true starter and JB realizing that and plugging and playing with his minutes, which is something that I applaud JB for because he's seeing which player fits the moment. And Dean, he's not always... He's not always the right choice, right? For the minutes, but he's made the most of them when he's out there. He only scored six points tonight, brought down five rebounds. You know, he did hit two threes, but, you know, to be able to get production out of him at that power forward spot in the starting lineup, I love it. I love it. One stat that I think everybody can appreciate is that. Really, nobody played over 30 minutes tonight. Max Struce, Bleacher Report has it listed at 30, but I don't, I'm not quite sure he actually crossed the 30 threshold. It's probably 29 in some seconds. But you you love that, right? For a Cavaliers team who needs its rest, who has consistently taken criticism, especially in regards to JB, consistently taken criticism for grinding these guys into the ground, Right. Um, to be able to have back to back performances in which they really haven't had to uh, rely on their starters too heavily. Um, three reserves played 25 or more minutes tonight when you're talking about Karis Levert, when you're talking about Sam Merrill, when you're talking about George Niang. And the Cavs actually played, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10, 11 different Cavaliers saw minutes tonight. 11. Phenomenal. Not everybody had their best outing tonight. Some some players did struggle, but as a team, they did the damn thing. They, they, they did the job. Uh Max Struess, after having such a phenomenal shooting night, obviously Washington made it an effort to contain him. He only scored nine points tonight, but he was four or six from the field, including one of three from three-point distance. Still a plus ten on the night. Jared Allen, who has been one of the best. Not even just the best bigs, uh, one of the best bigs in the league, but one of the best players in the entire NBA over his recent five-game stretch. Didn't have the type of performance he's had over these last couple of games, but he did still finish with a double-double, 12 points, 12 rebounds. Three assists tonight, absolutely phenomenal for him. I I couldn't be happier with the production that Jared Allen has given us. And I highlighted this in his uh, recent piece of content about his assists. It's the way that he's actually getting them, right? The Cavs are running their offense a lot of the time right now through Jared Allen, either at the top of the key or from the elbows, utilizing DHOs, right? The dribble handoff. Sometimes he'll fake it and he'll take it in himself, uh, with an aggressive drive in other times he will fake it and wait for a cutter and hit him in stride or uh, out of the short roll something like that the way that he has been able to dole out some of these assists just been absolutely phenomenal He he's looked like Nikola Jokic out there Um, you're never going to see Jared Allen walk the ball up the floor you're never going to see him handle but to see him in the Cavs run the offense through him I couldn't be any happier and especially in the absence of Evan Moby and I've already seen a lot of people question whether or not those two fit right the questions they they they've been going on for a while now they're not going away anytime soon and surely they'll continue to uh to, to be posed once Evan Moby does return but I guess I'm not as concerned right when when you're getting this production out of Jared Allen who is not a known floor spacer uh, we we often hear the term uh, vertical spacing applied to Jared Allen because of his his ability to go up and catch lobs and things of that nature and run the floor. But for him having this added ability as a facilitator uh, that will open the that will open the paint up right, especially if you have him out on the perimeter running DHOs for somebody. It's it, it's something that definitely will. Aid the Cavs once Mobley does return when the paint does get a little more clogged because you're not having that floor spacing element that a player like, say, Dean Wade brings to the table. And Dean Wade is by no means a a knockdown shooter. He's not (laughs) a sniper, but he still adds more from a spacing aspect than uh, Evan Mobley does. But once Mobley does return, I am very curious to see how the Cavs choose to operate. And an added component to that is when Darius Garland returns. Does Jared Allen get the opportunities to create or does he get the opportunities to facilitate uh from you know using that DHO the same way that he is right now? Because he's not going to have the touches, right? The Cavs are not likely to operate or run through jared allen nearly as much once dg comes back but hell they could surprise me maybe they'll tell dg hey you can play off ball a little bit more let jared allen work for you a little bit more let there uh let donovan mitchell who's looked like one of the better combo guards in the league during the absence of darius garland uh, let him play a little bit more on ball and create for you very curious to see because there's a lot of different avenues a lot of different strategies i guess that the Cavs could probably apply here and, and i do not envy jb because i know fans are going to be all over his ass in regards to how this is done but these are good problems to have right just like the rotation for me there are at least 12 players on this Cavs roster at least 12 that that is the bare minimum in my opinion that are deserving of minutes or could be a rotation piece darius garland donovan mitchell Zach Struess, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, Isaac Okoro, Karis LeVert, George Niang, Craig Porter Jr., Sam Merrill, Tristan Thompson. The list goes on and on. Those players, I do not anticipate everybody to be in that rotation. You just can't. They're not going to run 11, 12 deep, especially as the postseason years. But they will be plugged and played, Right. Whenever uh, the scenario calls, whether you need a more traditional five off the bench, you put in a Tristan Thompson, you need a bit of more floor spacing out of your backup four, backup five, you go with the likes of Dean Wade, uh, George Niang, right? You need orchestration, you need playmaking off that Cavaliers bench, Craig Porter Jr., Karis LeVert. Uh, The real tricky part to me is probably going to be mostly Craig Porter Jr. and Sam Merrill minutes. Um, Merrill, for what it's worth, the man has absolutely just obliterated the twine when he's getting gotten opportunities this season. Sam Merrill, for those of you who are not aware, has actually drilled, I believe, 40 triples this season at above 40% from three-point distance. It is absolutely, it, it's been phenomenal. You cannot deny him minutes. And so, my question is okay, where do they come from? Now that you've seen that Merrill is this sniper out there, this very Kyle Corver esque player, how do you handle that if you're JB Bickerstaff? Do you sit him? God, God forbid he does, you know, God forbid he, that that happens, but it, it's always a possibility because of how many mounts there are to feed Merrill. Again, he's knocked down forty triples in his appearances, uh, and he's only played in twenty games. <laughs> that, that's insane to me. That is literally flame throwing that you're getting out of him off of that Cavaliers bench. But as we all know, he's a rhythm shooter, and all shooters, you're not just going to enter the game for three, four minute stretches. And you know, if you miss a shot here and there, it, and your minutes aren't coming consistently. You're not going to be able to catch a rhythm, so trying to figure that out—that's going to be a tough thing for JB to crack. And I do not envy him in that regard. It, it's just—it's phenomenal. He and mind you, Sam Merrill did struggle at points tonight, but he did turn things around in that fourth quarter where he scored a good deal of his points. And if that dude sees even one triple go down, he is a serious threat to drop five, six, seven on your head. He—he he is a flamethrower the literal embodiment of a flamethrower. And the the question is just how consistently will he see the floor? The Cavs know what they have in him now. He's brilliant coming off screens. He's not afraid to pull up on you. He can hit the shot in the corner. He can hit shots from all over the perimeter. He's a great cutter. He, he knows how to move without the ball. He's an underrated facilitator, underrated defender, is not afraid of the moment. So, and obviously, this we've seen this before from him. He did it with the charge last season. He did it at Utah. He did it in summer league, and now he's doing it with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Another diamond in the rough, phenomenal uh, stress games that you've gotten from him recently, and he deserves, frankly, to be in the rotation. The question is, who will those minutes come at the expense of? Is it Max Struess? Do you pull a little bit from Max Struess? Is it Isaac Okoro? Is it Karras Avert? I don't know. But these are all questions. They're going to have to be answered uh, once the team returns to a semblance of full strength. And speaking of Karis Avert, according to Chris Fedor of Cleveland.com, there was plenty of conversation among players in the locker room the other night about many of uh, of Karis's best games coming when he has his hair out of the braids, as he did tonight. He scored 31 in Toronto. He had 21 the other night. And, again, while having the hair out again tonight, he dished out 11 assists. He scored 11 points. He had a double-double off the Cavaliers bench. And maybe there's a little something to the hairstyle. (laughs) Uh, For anybody who's superstitious out there, I'd love to know in the comments, do you think Karis LeVert should leave his hair out of the braids? Because certainly you seem to be getting these brilliant performances from him, whether he's starting or whether he's coming off the bench, when he has the braids not in. So <laughs> comment below, let me know, does Karis LeVert need to leave his hair as is? Is it going to flip a switch for him? Because on this season as a whole, Lavert is averaging 16 points, 4.2 assists, and three and a half boards uh, in, in his 27 appearances. That, that shit is like six-minute-a-year caliber stats. Now, it's not the most efficient, right? 42.4% from the floor, 33.3% from three-point distance. Mind you, this is coming off uh, after a season in which Lavert had a career year from beyond the arc. But I'll take it. I will take that production, especially coming from this Cavaliers bench. He has been he has been one of their more, more consistent players, and that's something that hasn't always been synonymous with Karis Levert consistency. But you're seeing that from him. Over Karis's last five games, the dude has been absolutely phenomenal. Over his last five games, he's averaging 19.6 points, 6.2 assists, and he has scored 20 or more points three of those last five, 29 points, 31 points, 21 points. And obviously one of those performances came against the Washington wizards, which again, you have to take with a grain of salt. But again, these are NBA players. Everybody's capable of beating you on any given night. And the, the mere fact that Levert has given you this consistency speaks volumes, especially in a season in which calves have been just completely, uh, Ram Rushad in, in regards to injuries right? They, they are among the top 10 In the league in games missed due to injuries Yet they are a top You know one of the top Seated teams in the east And as the season wears on Especially with the schedule kind of breaking And lightening up a little bit I anticipate that this Cleveland team Will be a top four seated team They're literally just a game Out of Fourth place in the east For any of you who are not aware of that, there is not a lot separating number four from number eight in the East right now, not a whole hell of a lot separating anybody, right? Top seeded team in Boston Celtics have won 27 games. The Bucks at number two, 25, uh, Philly 23, right? And so once you start to get into that 20 range that mid twenties range, as the season wears on, caps could certainly be flirting with a top three seed, but, as of right now, I, I couldn't be any more impressed due to the fact that this team, despite having a severe rash of injuries impacted, has managed to stay afloat. And so what else can you expect from them? They're getting performances from guys from unlikely sources, and they're discovering just how deep that this rotation could possibly run. So what more can you ask for, right? there, There's just... there's there's nothing to complain about and and again there you you got to take these back-to-back beatdowns that Cavs have doled out to the wizards with a grain of salt because washington is frankly one of the worst teams in basketball right now they're a shit show there's no way around it uh and, and it shows right on the court kyle kuzma absolutely stunk it up tonight nine points 414 from the field I don't know what the fuck is going on with Jordan Poole. He scored two points tonight. Jordan Poole it has been an absolute atrocity for this Wizards team. And if this does not point out that Poole is quickly or steadfast heading for a six-man type of role in the future with some other team, I don't know what will. He is not a starter. It's just not who he is. He is a sixth man and I feel like that's the best way for him to function. And maybe that's a little harsh. Maybe, maybe he can start for a few teams, but he should never be the number one or number two option. He's just not that guy, and I think Washington has honestly kind of learned that the hard way, right? And so I, I don't know what the hell they have going on over there, but I'm glad to, to hand them back-to-back defeats and look dominant while doing so from distance, something that has kind of plagued the Cavs all season. Back-to-back performances in which they have drilled a combined 36. You heard that right. The Cavaliers have knocked down a combined 36 triples against the Washington Wizards over these last couple of games. It's been absolutely phenomenal. What more can you ask? You could tell that everybody had fun tonight. Tristan Thompson off the Cavaliers bench in just 17 minutes. He fouled out, but he he, he was actually all smiles when that occurred. You could clearly tell. That uh, he just thoroughly enjoyed tonight's performance. And Tristan, as we all know, you know Cavaliers legend. I don't think anybody was really expecting production out of him uh, upon him returning to Cleveland. I thought he was just going to be in a mentor role, right? A locker room presence, bringing championship experience to this Cavaliers, uh, to this Cavaliers roster, especially for the bigs, right? When you're talking about Jared Allen, you're talking about Evan Mobley. Uh, adding that championship experience, a guy that they can learn from, uh, adding some grittiness and physicality out there, uh, loved it, right? For him to actually be seeing consistent minutes, I don't, that's not anything that anybody expected, but it is a positive development. Uh, tons of positive developments in with not having Darius Garland, with not having Evan Mobley out there having to deal with a myriad of injuries, Uh, so so many positives to take away during this stretch of basketball. Hell, Donovan Mitchell, man, another night where he plays below 30 minutes, uh, scoring 26 points tonight, 8 of 15 from the field, 5 of 8 from distance, 5 of 8 from the free throw line, and looking like, again, one of the game's better combo guards out there. Not a role that he's had to play a whole lot since coming to Cleveland, but he he has become accustomed to it. DG missed time last year to begin the season. Donald Mitchell was doing many of these same things that were that we've seen him do in the absence of DG this year, and he, he's doing so at a at a high and efficient rate. Right, the turnovers tonight were probably one of the. Sour points for this team But still Donovan just turned the ball Over three times and I couldn't Blame him on some of them Some of them were lackadaisical passes Some of them were turnovers that could have been prevented And as a team Cleveland did uh, Did turn the ball over 23 times and you can get away With that against the Washington team Obviously but you cannot do that Right against one of the better teams In the league so hopefully that's something That they clean up but really that was the only Sour point on the night for me Taking a look ahead here, Cleveland will take on the San Antonio Spurs on Sunday. San Antonio's won just five games. Cleveland these, these wins should stack up. You guys should notice the theme here. They should start stacking up. They should be able to beat San Antonio. They got a game against Brooklyn. They should be able to take that. They got a game following that against Chicago. And, and then eventually they come back to reality where they will have to face the Milwaukee Bucks on January 17th. So they have – Three straight winnable games. They should be able to stack some wins, be able to gain some ground in the East and hopefully eventually get Evan Mobley and Darius Garland back. And that's a pretty good place to be in. And so with that being said, if you guys would like to reach me, you know how you can. It's Cavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and more. If you'd be like to be added to the It's Cavalier Discord chat, you know what to do. Leave a rating, leave a review, send a screenshot at sub-review to Cavalier 53 at gmail.com and I will send you an invite. That said, go Cavs. Have a good one.